It is the morning of the 23rd of October 2019. Good morning and welcome to PBE Daily, the early mornings and late night podcast. My name is Point Blank Yvombi. I'm eternally grateful I get to make another episode happen this week. I, Since it was a long weekend, I jumped straight into the deep end when it came to back, getting back into the 9 to 5 and the groove of things. I've been working on a certain board for the past couple of days and it, the thing is, I'm loving the fact that because I'm honest about the amount of detail I'm supposed to make for the work, I'm allowed to do the things in in my own pace and to do them in the proper way. And I'm actually realizing from time to time that the journey I've been taking as far as how I draw my work and how I improve on my work, every single piece seems original with every single take I put on it. Because take, for example, the drawing I've just done right now before I started recording this podcast. It's one of those things where you're like, you draw a frame and when you finish putting that frame together, you're like, oh, I always used to worry about this type of perspective, but I think it looks plausible enough to be realistic. And it gives me encouragement because later this month and that's probably in a few days and early next month i'm working on a, on a couple of comic books and my aim is to probably have at least one or two books out before december and i'm aiming at a certain event which i don't like doing but in this particular case with the way the year has been going i'll feel thoroughly fulfilled if i actually hit that mark and i'll do whatever it takes to actually get as close as possible if not to actually hit the mark the nail on the head is the most important part to me and i'm going to do whatever it takes to actually get close enough to do that this episode is actually inspired by something i've been experiencing for the past couple of years and it's something that the build of confidence has actually been coming back piece by piece even last night as i was trying to put my mind to sleep so i could be able to have a perfect evening of slumber i kept on thinking about these things and it's one of those factors that actually gets into the mind of a person who's been in a certain industry for so long and you the first question you ask yourself in that industry is will i be able to actually fulfill the obligations i would like to be respected for am i doing the right thing by the industry am i doing the right thing by my to myself and for myself in regards to my contentment with what i create and am i going to be happy with the results of what i created and when i put them out into the world will everybody who listens to it or, or watches it or reads it be happy with the creation that i actually put together and it's been one of those things that's been a process ever since the beginning of the year and the process has been driven by this what is the space i feel i would like to occupy in every field that i'm passionate about for example say when it comes to hyping an event what type of what type of space would i like to be put in as far as the kind of hype men that they see on stage when it comes to um uh, artwork what type of drawings would i like to be associated with what kind of artists who have done their work before globally would you like my your name to be put side by side with uh, what type of writers would you like locally and internationally to be compared to what kind of transition would your work have after the fact of what you've created in the current space these are the questions i keep on asking myself and it's made me realize that it keeps going extra because i've also been asking myself what kind of albums would i would like to would like to be known for when it comes to uh, the music i create in the near future because i've always been passionate about rap music and i've always wanted to make my first album come to life and i've wanted to make it this year and i only got two months left in this new calendar in in, in this particular calendar pardon me and maybe i will do it this year maybe i will not but the thing i know for a fact is i'm going to do it right and it made me think about this particular rap groups that have been making great moves outside outside there in the world and one of them has to be griselda benny the butcher and there's something about the music that they create it's 
seems stuck in the 90s and it also boils back to the sound of my favorite rappers and my favorite rap crews and favorite rap groups and there's nothing wrong with finding you the pocket that you actually belong in and when you find yourself in pocket it just makes you become the perfect version of that particular sound there's always been this Ever, everlasting debate of what kind of music would be considered the, the most potent version of hip-hop music and the, the fact that hip-hop music is so tribal based upon the different generations that actually created it and even in the United States where hip-hop was birthed the Bronx never really got along with it with Brooklyn and Brooklyn never really got along with Queens and Queens never got along with uh, any other neighborhood like Harlem and then there comes the whole national side of things that they were going through where the guys from New York will never get along with the guys from uh, the West Coast. And the guys from the West Coast will never get along with the guys from the East Coast. And then the, both East and West will never get along with the guys from the South. And then the South became the most dominant sound. And all these things made different evolutions of sound. But then when music became pop and rap music also became a pop culture, there was always... A lack for me when it came to the kind of sound I would enjoy and when I heard the sounds of North Carolina and Little Brother and what Little Brother created it made me realize oh you even in this time and place you could actually create sounds that actually fit you and then another person who I consider a great ambassador of this sound straight from New York New York City is Static Selector because Static Selector the kind of beats he creates stays in pocket of that kind of indie borderline underground sound that is so potent and beautiful that you cannot fight wanting to listen to the songs like i'm currently even listening to one of the albums that he did with bun b and i'm listening to the sounds coming out of here and the whole idea of digging in the crates ditc where you get to sample music and then you take those samples and you turn them into something big is amazing but then this very same producer static selector done did an album called eight and the album eight had the trappist sounds and the most current sounds ever so whichever place he decides to go he's a chameleon he'll fit perfectly in any pocket that is given chance to actually represent and that's a big deal to me because to be able to evolve enough in your craft where you can actually sit in any particular position in an industry and be respected for that which you create is a big deal. It's it's the greatest compliment you could pay yourself and the work that you create. And then I started looking at my situation in Nairobi. Now in Nairobi, when I look at how rap music has evolved, the rap sound has found the pocket that actually works perfectly for the commercial successes. And I, I'm giving props to the guys who actually represent that particular sound but then there's also new rappers who are coming in and these new rappers play in the pocket of that which was the, the potent sound i enjoyed when i was growing up now when a new generation of rappers comes in and they can do the sounds that belong to their generation and they can do sounds that actually relate to the my generation and we can actually in either side feel taken care of and feel entertained it's a very very big deal and when i look at those particular things i make i make myself ask myself okay so why wouldn't i want to add to that by creating a sound that is left field of what what they enjoy because i'm also a firm believer in the stuff that you create that you're really really good at will find its own audience will find its own voice will find its own niche and with the hope of continuing to make strides that actually stand out and strides that actually represent for the truest of what you personally want to do and in this case you meaning me i think everything i put together that will actually be done with the right thoughts in, pl in place i will make something that everybody will enjoy i don't really question it i just question when i'm going to do it in regards to i have a lot i want to get out of the, out of the way first before i actually touch on that in the right way but some would say that would be a cop-out 
but I give a rebuttal in this case. In everything that I intend to endeavor in the future, there is a folder that sits right in front of me on, on my desk in the house. And that folder has different sketch pads and different notepads that represent those different ideas. So each book has its own notepad. And on my computer, there's different folders for those particular ideas. And those folders are also being put together in the sense of when it's time to do things, we'll do them correctly. Because the one thing I've always been uh, short of, and I've always fallen short of, and I think I've hinted it in previous episodes of this podcast, is my consistency levels have never been the best. I don't really go side by side each and every time I put something out that it looks like it's potentially the exact thing I wanted to put out. And the thing that suffers is I don't think miles ahead, and I'm trying to do exactly that. I don't want to be the same person who six years ago, seven years ago, when I was coming up with books, I'm putting out one book and then I take a pause to try and market the book and put the book out instead of taking time to prepare how nine different books would be put together and eventually when it's time to actually put them out I do them out correctly and then on top of that this is the other angle I'm taking I don't want to be the person who yes you have the product you're ready to put the product out but you do not have the foolproof plan to make sure that the property is protected the property is foolproof the property is well edited so that it doesn't look like I'm chasing a high because I will say this the first couple of times I released material it has just as if I was chasing a high for example my very first mixtape PBE volume 1 when I made that mixtape the whole idea was I needed to vent and because I needed to vent so much so I wrote nothing down except the hooks I had as ideas for the mixtape now all those tracks that you heard in that mixtape were all recorded in a four-hour session and it was all freestyles upon freestyles upon freestyles because I was trying to check if I still have the ability to flip from topic to topic thought thought process to thought process to make sure that the stories when I, when I release them that everybody who listens to them gets the fact that I'm coming from a true place in that which I release now after releasing the first mixtape, the first plan would have been prepare yourself to do an album, but I didn't I didn't take the time to prepare myself to do an album because the musical career had to take a pause or a hiatus in order for me to be able to go sit back and make some artwork so I could pay the bills. Because again, I measure what craft to give more attention to based upon what could pay the bills and put a roof over my head. I just lost everything the, the year before I did my first mixtape. I was back home living in my mama house at the age of 28, 29. And actually I was 27 if I'm not mistaken. 27 years old. And I get back home and I just, it it felt demeaning because I, I first left the, the, the coop. Uh, or should I say, I first left home at 19 to stay with my oldest brother. And we were hustling together. He was doing his medical hustle at the time because he was working as a physiotherapist. I was doing my hustle at the time as an illustrator for publishing company and it was no surprise to me that i eventually opened up a production company that has a publishing wing because i wanted to get into putting information together and releasing them because i've always loved the power of words the power of words and art side by side so comic books are always going to be part of the life that i created and then after the fact i got into into animation and then animation was also another way to make words and art come side by side but then i know how much time it dictates for for something to come out so in many cases a lot of people who liked me for specific talents felt shortchanged because i disappeared and they couldn't find me they couldn't see me and they felt as if they were shortchanged in that regard and what i tried to say to them as a rebuttal is there was no way i was going to sit back and stay a child who loses everything after the fact and I have nothing to show for it. And it's one of the things that actually 
is a driving force for me. As much as I want to stay in pocket of the one thing I enjoy doing and I want to stay in pocket of the one craft I'm really, really good at, I don't want to do it because everybody expects me to do it within a certain timeline because everybody's path is super, super different. I cannot stress that enough. Because one person was able to do something at the age of 25, maybe some other person is supposed to do it at the age of 45 or 35. I've always been doing things for myself in the sense of I get that it has to be prepared early enough so that by the time I reach the world telling them this is what I was going for, there's a body of work to prove it. I'm, I'm a firm believer in body of work because in, in, in regards to art, for example, the one person who actually gets the upper hand in any particular industry that art has a piece inside it, it demands proof of concept. It demands a body of work. As far as sketching is concerned, I have countless sketches that I've done in the past couple of years and you can see them time and again popping up in everywhere. And thanks to the world of social media currently and the world of like the apps like Instagram, you can see the different versions of the artwork I create. For example, this podcast, not only am I showcasing the ability of my using of my voice to speak and the ideas that I have in my head, I'm also showcasing my ability to make illustrations come to life with every single art piece I put together for every single episode. Away from that, when it comes to animation, I've been working on a single piece of animation going on eight years. To tell a person that I've been working on something for eight years that they have not seen seems optimistic, seems vague, seems a lie. But then the beautiful thing about me is I know I can back whatever I'm saying because the few people who actually know that I'm creating this work will get to see the value of that which is being created. You cannot have a, a space or a, a seat at the table of animation if you haven't done anything animation-oriented or animation-based. I've done a few pieces for which are commercial work, and one of them is K63 that you can actually see it on YouTube if you go to Form Nigani Kenya, and you just type that, and you'll just see a visual comic that was created. And that was also born from the growth process of what I'm creating. In order to stay in pocket and do the things I want to create properly, I have to tell you this. And it's become a realization I've had for the past one month. Every day of the week, when I rise from this house, and when I leave for work, and when I come home from work, I have achieved a new step of something I have never done before. Every single day. It's been this way for the last eight years. How many people can actually say that out loud and be glad that they actually got to experience every single one of those moments? Now imagine if you will, with these different strides that I'm taking and learning in a singular day basis that I'm telling you I've done something that I've never thought I could possibly do. And then I tell you I, I am now preparing to do something that all this practice I've been having is preparing for and I have a blueprint to execute. That's the kind of thinking I have as far as this work is concerned. And also, it's why I also think about certain stand-up comics and why I always go back to stand-up comedy. Individuals like Bill Burr, D.L. Hughley and Dave Chappelle, when I look at how they do their comedy and how they play their part in whatever industries that they're now involved in, in the evolution of their work, they play in pocket. They don't compromise that which they are and because they do so, it becomes an evolved version of that which we expect and it always seems unexpected. That seems like an oxymoron but it will make sense if you look at what I'm trying to say in hindsight. You pick a certain path you want to make great strides in and when you pick that path you take the steps to prepare yourself to make the very best version of that so you constantly practice and you constantly do that which needs to be done to make great work come to life 
when I look at a person like Static Selector, he's a f- person from the boom bap era, but he's willing to evolve to learn what the new steps of the music industry are going to be. And because he's willing to do that, everything he creates turns to gold in my eyes and in my ears. And when I listen to certain people come out and make music that sounds like the age which I grew up in, it makes me feel glad because it means when I do what I need to do, my pocket will be ready for me. I told myself from time and again I would love to get back into the world of broadcasting, but now podcasting is taking care of that. And should it come to a point where I'll be able to go past this to the next level, I'll be prepared for that as well. The one thing I, I want to really perfect, and it actually was something that crossed my mind yesterday, I would really like to get better at reading stuff out loud. I never try read stuff out loud because I know whenever I read certain words, like let's say I'm reading a paragraph out loud, I'll reach a, reach a certain word and my mind will just pause. Instead of continuing to read, it's like my eyes jump all over the place. I don't know what they call that. I don't know if it's dyslexia or attentional deficit disorder. I don't know. I've never been diagnosed for any of these things. But I just know whenever I'm reading something, I get to a certain point and my eye just jumps elsewhere. Or my imagination starts filling in the blanks because it's trying to analyze what's being said or analyze what's being read. Always these things are the things I actually take into consideration as I I swirl ideas in, in my head. And... I firmly believe that the fact that I'm taking the time to objectively look at these things and analyze these things, I'll be better for it and the world will be better for it as well. I'm grateful for the fact that most people who are actually working with me currently or or are willing to stick around long enough to work with me are patient to understand that the growth process of that which I'm creating is for the betterment of what they intend to do. If they're in a rush, I'm always the first to tell them, just go find somebody else to do this. Wherever we'll find each other after the fact, once you make success of what you're doing, should I still have a place in that, the universe will dictate that, the heavens will dictate that. And if that space has already been allocated to me and I am going to be the person who actually has to get it to another level, I'm certain that at that level we'll both be even better at what we do. There's certain books that I put on pause because I didn't want to do wrong by them and also i couldn't afford to do them right and because we live in a world where it's controlled by the fiscal sense maybe it's best for me to take a pause from making those things happen so i have my situation so ready that when i start making the stuff come back to life again the blueprint is ready and i am in a perfect position mentally and fiscally to do things right I jumped the gun so many times, but then again, you live and you learn. The experience I got from that did not hurt me or break me. It actually did more teaching to me than anything else. I take that with pride. I carried that as not a chip on my shoulder, but with a, as, a, as a way of actually moving and navigating me forward. So I'll add this as a caveat to everybody else who's thinking about this. You may think that you have to keep up with trends. But sometimes trend setting is more important than anything else. Evolution of things that you actually grew up loving is probably the best thing you could do than trying as hard as possible to maintain the status quo of that which you loved before. Why not try play in your pocket and be the best person in the place you belong or the place you are at in that specific pocket? Marinate with that for a minute. Take it into consideration. Maybe you'll find something that would give you joy in that. Say it with me be Caesar or be nothing at all. Thank you so much for constantly supporting the podcast and making this thing come to life. You make it all possible for me and you keep bettering me by actually putting this out there and sharing it with your friends. So for that, I wish you an awesome day of the week. It's a Wednesday. Make that Wednesday work for you. For those who are doing the grind tonight, rock it, rock on. And for those who are doing the 9 to 5 right now, hey, let's get it in. Uno. <laughs>